go Anywhere you look, you can find me on the low With my nose in a book Turning through the pages, reading through the script About to hit a million words, yeah, it's lit, 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 lit Said it's lit, 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 lit Yeah, it's lit, 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 lit Welcome Welcome this is the first episode of the It's Lit podcast. Yeah. Everyone say hello. Hi. Hello. All right. So <laughs> this podcast in particular is going to be one of our 10 out of 10 recommend podcasts, which means that the four of us are going to go around and we are going to talk about a book that we enjoy. We'll get into that more, but I think we should do our introduction introductions first. I was about to say my name, so then I got a little confused. So I am Mr. Dix, and I am the Shamrock News teacher and media arts teacher at Rao Middle School. And to my right, we have... I am Nora Schmidt, and I am a Shamrock News member, a web leader, stage manager for the Tournament of the Plays, and in Battle of the Books. Oh. <laughs> Uh, hi, my name's Olivia. I'm in uh, Shamrock News. I'm a web leader, and according to Mr. Dix, I'm quirky. <laughs> um, I'm Kalea. <laughs> uh, I'm a Shamrock News member. Um, I'm a web leader. I'm an avid, and um, I'm also in the tournament of the place. Yeah, so we have some pretty esteemed, like, really awesome leaders people of the school right here. These are great, great students. And we're going to talk about our books today. And the four of us sat down. And what was the theme that we chose for this week's 10 out of 10 would recommend? Leading, lighting, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Lionhearted leading ladies. So what, what does that mean? Lionhearted leading ladies. Like strong female characters, like, like, uh, like not necessarily strong as in like buff ladies, <laughs> more just like. Oh wait, I chose the wrong character. <laughs> like, no, like empowering, like not necessarily like lead female characters, but just like empowering female characters. Cool. So we're gonna go through, and we each have a book that we would like to recommend in our in our ten out of ten recommend. We're gonna have a theme every single time, and we all chose a book that we're gonna talk about. And so the format that we're gonna go with is we're gonna say the name of the book. We're going to talk about the author, say something about the author. We're going to read a synopsis, and then we are going to talk about why we like the character. We'll eventually read a paragraph that we've all chosen from each of our individual respective novels. And then we'll talk about who would like the book and the reasons that we like the book. Does that sound pretty good? Yeah. All right, Nora, you said you were going to go first, so Nora, go ahead. Great. Okay, um, the book I chose was The Lightning Thief which is the first book in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series by Rick Riordan. And he is really cool. He's written a lot of really great books and series that I have enjoyed. And the character that I am talking about is Annabeth Chase. So the synopsis of the book, Percy Jackson is about to be kicked out of boarding school again, and that's the least of his troubles. Lately, mythological monsters and the gods of Mount Olympus seem to be walking straight out of the pages of Percy's Greek mythology textbook and into his life. And worse, he's angered a few of them. Zeus's master lightning bolt has been stolen, and Percy is the prime suspect. Now Percy and his friends have just ten days to find and return Zeus's stolen property and bring peace to a warring Mount Olympus. But to succeed in his quest, Percy will have to do more than catch the true thief 
he must come to terms with the father who abandoned him, solve the riddle of the oracle, which warns him of betrayal by a friend, and unravel a treachery more powerful than the gods themselves. <laughs> Yo, you kind of sound like an audiobook. <laughs> You'd have a good, like, audiobook recording voice. <laughs> Very calming. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, obviously, Percy Jackson is the main character, but his he quickly becomes good friends with Annabeth, who has been waiting for a quest in the real world for pretty much her entire life against monsters and just to like prove that she is brave enough and talented enough and that she can survive in that world. And let's see. Have you guys read Percy Jackson? Have you no, read any of Percy Jackson? No. Are you you don't are you not a fantasy person? Do you like fantasy? I mean, I've read Harry Potter. You've read the Harry Potter yeah. stuff, not the Percy Jackson. Have you read Percy Jackson? No. Okay. Oh, so this is like new territory. Yeah. For you. you have no idea what's going on. No. See, I'm over here like. Well, I, I mean, like I don't even know how what, how she's gonna narrow down Annabeth after thirteen. I have like five novels. different quotes just from the first book. Just that from the I first book. I have a lot of friends who have read Percy Jackson, so like I've heard a little bit about it, but I've never personally read it. Yeah. It's dope. I like it. I don't like it as much as Harry Potter, but it's like an echelon, just a little bit below. I've never read Harry Potter either. So. Did you like Harry Potter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're a Harry Potter. I would say Harry Potter is definitely like my main like fandom slash book series that I'm into, but Percy Jackson's a very close second. Awesome. All right. So you have Annabeth, even though it's the Percy Jackson and the Olympians, you're like, yeah. Annabeth is like... That's the person. She's a leading lion-hearted lady. Yeah, I mean, she does, honestly, almost more than Percy does, and she's the one that teaches him about this, like, new world that he's going into. And apart from just wanting to prove herself, she's also, she's just, she's extremely brave, and especially in situations with monsters, but also in other ways too. Um, like after the first book, she decides to go back and live with her dad even though he hated her and she had this awful childhood but she decides to give it a second chance because that is the sort of person she is. So she's not a buff woman like like not Olivia really. was talking no. about. No. <laughs> she's not super buff but Oops. she is. She's the... like 12 in this book. Okay. So. <laughs> Just imagine like a like a bodybuilder twelve year old. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. All right. So do you have a quote from the book then? Um. Yeah. I've got to get a quest. Annabeth muttered to herself. I'm not too young. If they would just tell me the problem. That is on page ninety nine. And she. Because she's only 12, she has not gone on a quest yet, and that makes her really frustrated. And she's definitely one of the people that the camp director trusts the most, though, and it is just really frustrating for her that she can't prove herself like, to him and to the camp and to herself, really. So what is, what do you like the most about Annabeth? 
like that she, well, she's extremely smart and she has all this knowledge and she uses it in situations and it's really that thirst to prove herself that she just keeps, even though she has a lot of problems that would keep her from learning so much, she's like, she's dyslexic and all of, she's just, she really cares about learning enough so that she can like be better and she's constantly challenging herself to be this like better, stronger, smarter person. That's awesome. Uh, who would you recommend this book to? I would recommend this book to anyone who likes fantasy or likes books with a little bit of adventure but also just really complex characters that go through a lot of personal changes throughout a series and it's just it's a really even though I read it back in maybe third grade I would say that it's something that no matter how old you are you can enjoy it and just have a lot of fun reading the series and then the series after it because there are like five no four other series that Rick Riordan wrote with similar right. or the same characters. I was really excited when I finished this series and then I found out that there was another five books with Percy and Annabeth in. I was like, mm -hmm. it was kind of like the same feeling where I thought I said goodbye to all those characters forever and then I was like, whoa, I get like 1,200, 1,500 more pages yeah. with the same people. And then they're older and they've like learned everything that they learned in the first series. And you get Annabeth's perspective in the second series, right? True, yeah, that too. Sweet. Yeah. So, Percy Jackson and the Olympians very well could be called Annabeth Chase and the Olympians. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Sweet. Um, I'm going to go next. I'm going to talk about this book, Dread Nation. I found out about this book because I had some money for my, my classroom library, and I googled best YA books of 2018, and I found a list, and it said Dread Nation was the best book on the list. And then they were like, we could tell you a bunch of stuff about it, but just know that you need to go buy the book now. So I put it on my list. I went to Barnes & Nobles and I bought it. And uh, I've totally forgot the format. What am I supposed to do next? I'm supposed to read the synopsis, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so this is, I'll read the synopsis real quick and you can just kind of follow along. So uh, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. It came out in 2018. Like I said, people are like number one book of 2018. So, um, Jane McKean was born two days before the dead began to walk the battlefields of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, derailing the war between the states and changing the nation forever. In this new America, safety for all depends on the work of a few. And certain laws require certain children attend combat schools to learn to put down the dead. But there are also opportunities, and Jane is studying to become an attendant, trained in both weaponry and etiquette to protect the well-to-do. It's a chance for better life for girls like Jane. But that's not a life she wants. Almost finished with her education at Miss Preston School of Combat in Baltimore, Jane is set on returning to her Kentucky home and doesn't pay much mind to the politics of the eastern cities with their talk of turning America to the glory of its days before the dead rose. 
but when families around Baltimore County begin to go missing, Jane is caught in the middle of a desperate fight against some powerful enemies, and the restless dead, it would seem, are the least of her problems. At once provocative, terrifying, and darkly subversive, Dread Nation is Justina Ireland's stunning vision of an America both foreign and familiar, a country on the brink at the explosive crossroads where race, humanity, and survival meet. So, essentially what happens is, two days before or after Jane is born, the Battle of Gettysburg gets done in the Civil War, but all of the people who died in the Civil War and the Battle of Gettysburg, like, come back to, like, not life, because they're zombies, but they become the undead, and everyone's, like, way bigger problem than fighting each other, because there's, like, literally zombies out there. And so, what they have is for, like, young Native American children and young black children at this time is... There's no more slavery, but they have like, you can go to these schools and you can learn how to do the things where you can be a servant and you can set the tables and all that stuff. But you also get trained in how to like kill zombies. And so she is like number one in her class. She's the best with all of the weapons of killing zombies, but she struggles at the stuff like setting the table and putting the salad fork in the right place because she's like, who cares about a salad fork? There's literally zombies out there. Why do I need to worry about this kind of stuff? And she does, I really like her because she's that perfect uh, combination of she's the best. Everyone knows she's the best. She's also a rule breaker, but she, all the rules she breaks when you're reading it, it's like, yeah, that's the rule you're supposed to break. It doesn't make sense that that rule's there in the first place. And she's just a really, really powerful character. She's often the smartest person in the room. She's like the physically most spectacular person in the room. Like I read this book and I was, I just, I wanted to be Jane the entire time. Like, I wish I could talk like this. I wish I could wield a sickle like this. And she was like swinging like swords around. Like, ah, this won't ever work, but she makes it work anyways. And she even does stuff like in the middle of the book, there's like people will travel at night and you're not supposed to travel at night. There's zombies out there. You don't travel at night when there's zombies out there. So she goes out and she hides in the trees. And when the zombies come, she goes and saves people. And she's like even heralded almost as like a folklore, this mythical creature who hangs out in the shadows in the night to save families. She's like praised a little bit. And uh, yeah, the whole book, she's just she just rocks it. And every single time she's smart when she's like, I know that in order to stay alive, I need to do this. And so she always like checks her emotions. But even one problem as I, that I have as an adult is that when I read YA books sometimes, it's a 15 year old and I'm like, oh, you are acting like such a 15 year old right now and it's driving me wild. <laughs> but with this, I never feel that way with Jane. And I think she's really awesome. And uh, one of my favorite parts of the book, if I have it somewhere in here, is a... Uh, there's this professor who comes to town, this old white professor, and he's like, we figured out a cure. We know how to stop the zombies. And Jane is forced to go, and she's sitting in the back, and all of a sudden, they're like, they have a person that's gonna stick his hand into the zombie cage and get bit by a zombie, and Jane's like, oh, this is a horrible idea. What is wrong with everybody? And so this is in the 1800s, slavery just got done, and there's all, like, the mayor's there, and the, the professor is up there, and everybody is, like, watching it happen. And all of a sudden, Jane's like, yo, what is wrong with everybody? And she, like, stands up, and everyone looks at her, and all the people are, like, murmuring, and people are, like, aghast that she would stand up. And uh, she even says, like, next to me, Catherine grabs my arm and tries to pull me down, hissing at me under her breath. The professor laughs. I go right ahead. 
Well, Jane says, see, in the event, however unlikely, that your vaccine does not have the desired effect and Othello there turns, I was wondering what your contingency plan is. Have you taken the vaccine yourself? Oh, most certainly not, the professor says, his already ruddy face going positively crimson. Oh, well, sir, that is a problem. See, shamblers are pretty strong when they first turn, and I can't help but notice that you don't have anyone at the ready to put the big man down. You do understand he's going to come after you first, don't you? The crowd shifts uncomfortably, and the professor forces out a dry laugh. Next to me, Catherine whispers, sit down, Jane. And then she goes on like, this is a bad idea. And I love that, that she's just willing to go out and just say what she thinks is important. Um, it happens early in the book, so it's not a spoiler. You might guess that the, the vaccine does not work and it turns into a pretty crazy situation and Jane ends up just like really showing how awesome she is in that scenario. So, uh, was that working? Could you still hear me? Thanks, Evan. Okay, well, that's Evan, our, our uh, podcast producer, <laughs> helping us out with the sound. So yeah, Jane, Jane's great. I would describe this book as like, it is very much like uh, the Hunger Games in like the weaponry that it uses. Um, it's also kind of like, uh, I would say, like there's there's elements of like the hate you give with like the, the racial tensions that there are and, and just like, combating with the race of what the problems are at the time so if you like put those two books together and even throw in like maybe like some uh, Jason Reynolds type books mm -hmm. where it has that type of dialogue and I I just if you really like zombies and you really like awesome lead characters who are women lion-hearted leading ladies like this book is and this one's book. particularly actually buff yes yeah, she's she's actually <laughs> buff. she would she would definitely qualify as a buff but also very intellectual leading lady. Yeah. Word. So. Word. <laughs> um, well, the book that I chose was Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. And um, the protagonist of this story is um, a 16-year-old girl named Azza, and she actually struggles from OCD, and this um, really affects her life. And so... The synopsis of the book is 16-year-old Alza never intended to pursue the mystery of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best friend and most fearless friend, Daisy, is eager to investigate. So together they navigate the short distance and broad, broad divides that separate them from Russell Pickett's son, Davis. Alza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living within the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. Um, yeah, so basically, um, between um, Azza and Davis, they actually kind of like each other, but due to Azza's OCD, she just doesn't really want to do anything because she's scared of the um, little organisms that might like infect her or something. And um, I actually used a candy wrapper as a bookmark because I couldn't find <laughs> any kind of bookmark. Um, and while it says here, who cares if he wants his bacteria in my mouth? Kissing is nice. Kissing feels good. I want to kiss him. And then her mind says, but you don't want to get the campy, campy low bacter? Oh, we just did the pronunciation. Yeah. Is it still up on the, the um, thing? Uh, oh, wait. Actually, yes. I think. Yes. Here, play it. Okay. <laughs> Campylobacter. <laughs> you, you have to say it like that. Yeah, well, she doesn't want um, Campylobacter. Um, 
<laughs> and then she says, I won't. But her mind says, you'll be sick for weeks. Might have to take antibiotics. She says, stop. And then her mind says, you'll get C. diff, which is something that's, um, I think it's when someone has a really weak immune system and they can't like get within like five feet of someone else or else they get like really, really sick. And then her mind says, or you'll get, oh, wow. Well. Um, uh, <laughs> Epstein Barr from the Campylobacter. And then she says, stop. And then her mind says, that could paralyze you, you all because you kissed him when you didn't actually want to because it's really gross. Inserting your tongue into someone else's mouth. And then, <laughs> well, basically, um, she really wants to like physically be with him, but her mind is telling her not to. And even though um, her mind is, she still wants to do it nonetheless. And I feel like, um, she may not be physically strong, but like emotionally and mentally, she's really trying to fight her OCD and really trying to be there for someone, um, even though she fears it. Oh, have, you, have wow. any of you guys read this book before? No, I like personally haven't had a lot of good experience with John Green's book, so I like wasn't interested in reading this one. But like after hearing what you said, I like drawed in. When. When you read this, did you see any of yourself in as at mm -hmm. all? You did? Okay. Yeah, a lot. Like, sometimes when I go to restaurants, I can't use their forks. Like, because I'll, like, literally <laughs> nitpick every single thing that could go wrong. And, uh -huh. like, I just sometimes would bring my own fork. Did you feel anxious reading the book at all? Yeah, at any I did. Because I felt like I saw a lot of myself too much in this book. So sometimes I would, like, take breaks between reading it. Right. I, I have had that moment with very, like, growing up. I definitely, like... I went to the ER all the time and stuff where like, I was like 12 years old one time I went to the ER because I felt chest pain. I was like, dude, I'm having a heart attack. And my mom's like, you're not having a heart attack. I'm like, pretty sure, read the symptoms and like went there and nothing happened. So reading that book, I was just like, whew, been yeah. there. And I definitely was like starting to feel a little like sweaty and was like, okay, I need to take a break on this. Yeah. But I think that I, I really like the point that you're making that she's fighting through all of that. Um, mm -hmm. Where does that rank in John Green books for you? Um, on a scale like one to ten, or just like in, if I'm doing the cliche like hierarchy, like is it like, do you putting all oh, the books in order? Personally, it goes above the False in Our Stars for me. Really? Yeah, I really really liked it, and it really connects to you personally. And even if I even if it like doesn't connect to you, like you still understand what she's going through and how that can affect her or other people's lives. Awesome. Um, who would you, oh, go ahead, Olivia. Oh, also, when you were saying Hermione, I thought you were talking about another character, like Hermione, and I was like, who's Hermione? <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, yeah, you're talking about Hermione, and I was, like, really confused, and I just went, like, for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably explain, like, why I look so surprised for a second, because I realized she was talking about, like, what her brain was saying, and not some random character called Hermione, like, talking her down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Intellectual me. <laughs> well, I would recommend this book to people that could have the same experience as Aza or want to like understand people that like go through this. And yeah, it's a really good book. That's awesome. All right. Last Whew. but not least. Okay, so uh, the book that I'm recommending is Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. And currently there's no cover to it, so it just says A minus. It just minus A, I think. Or minus A, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and so since it doesn't have a cover, there's no synopsis. So I have it here. Um, and basically the synopsis says, 
Willow Chance is a 12-year-old genius obsessed with nature and diagnosing medical conditions who finds it comforting to count by sevens. It has never been easy for her to connect with anyone other than her adoptive parents, but that hasn't kept her from keeping a from but that hasn't kept her from leading a quietly happy life until now. Suddenly, Willow's world is tragically changed when her parents both die in a car crash, leaving her alone in a baffling world. The triumph of this book is that it's not a tragedy. Tragedy. This is extraordinary extraordinarily odd but extraordinarily endearing the girl manage, manages to push through her grief and her journey is to find a fan oh my gosh there's so many big words fan, <laughs> fascinatingly <laughs> fascinatingly diverse and fully believable surrogate family and is a joy and revelation to read wow okay so basically <laughs> willow chance is a 12 year old girl and she's uh, very very smart and at one point um, she was taking like um, one of the tests like really big tests and like SATs or something like something really big and she got a hundred percent on it and so they thought she cheated and they sent her to the counseling office and so there was a counselor there and he like tried to talk to her but she was just like no like I didn't cheat so they had her retake it there and she finished the test in like 12 minutes and still got 100% with no one else in the room. So like that just kind of shows like how extremely smart she is. And so uh, once her parents, uh, her um, adoptive parents like died in the car crash, she like didn't really know what to do. She like kind of thought it was her fault and didn't want to go into the foster care system because it's like that was like the only people she trusts because it's like she's the type of person who's like so smart and so intellectual that she doesn't have a lot of like social skills. So she like doesn't like talk to people as well because she just thinks about things so with more, it's like more knowledge before emotion is kind of how she thinks. Um, and I have this quote right here. Um, and it just says, um, I have studied astrophysics and even waste management systems in space aircraft, but I've never given any thought to the protocher for custody or guardianship of a minor in the state of California. Um, and so basically what this is saying is that she like, studies like weird things that like no 12 year old would want to study like um you know like she studies astrophysics and like even just like what to throw away and what to recycle and stuff like that and like waste management but she's never thought about where she would go after her parents passed away so she like doesn't like really know what to go from there other than she like needs a home and so um she find in the counseling office because they started sending her to counseling um, the school did. Um, she finds these two characters and it basically starts slowly becoming friends with them and almost slowly like integrating herself into their lives a lot more and helping them like through things. And that is just really crazy. Like one time she was in a cab uh, driving to the library cause that's where she just like hangs out. She just hangs out at a huge public library and she was driving and she noticed a lump on the cab, dri cab driver's neck, like some type of like mole of some sort. But she didn't say anything that ride, but she made sure to get his information. 
and the next ride she told him about it and he was just like why is this like tiny little girl you know like going to the library telling me about this thing on my neck but she was like really worried about it because he she knew that he wouldn't have been able to see it because it's like on the very back of his neck and eventually he like got it checked out got it removed and stuff like that and she just like she puts others before herself in most ways like because she'll see people on the street and will be like something doesn't seem right and we'll go like medically diagnose them like random strangers <laughs> and it's just like she'll like she's the type of person that will walk up to someone and be like you're walking weird like your hips broken or something like that you know just like she's just the type of person that just like no matter who you are or, or what you're doing she will tell you that like something's medically wrong and like have you go and like get something done for it and if you don't she's like well why wouldn't you like there's something wrong but from their perspective it's just like there's this little tiny child telling me that there's something wrong you know but this book is just so good it's a roller coaster of her trying to find a foster family because she doesn't want like the foster care system doing it because she's so smart that she doesn't think she needs help finding a new foster family um but i would recommend this book to Honestly, anyone. Like, this book is... It's... I don't know. I... It's, like, almost, like, a realistic fiction. Because, like, stuff like this could happen. Um, So it's, like, anyone who likes realistic fiction. Or just seeing through the perspective of someone who just thinks intellectually at all times and not like really emotionally and doesn't really like connect with her emotions um so someone who just wants to see like more like the intellectual side of things and uh yeah that's awesome yeah i uh that's that was an Oregon battle of the book like three years ago it's probably the best lbob novel we've had in the last three or four years. Yeah. So I, I would echo that. That book was really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, how do we feel about it? I feel good. good. Yeah. yeah. I think you all did a really awesome job. Do you want to go around real quick and say the name of the book and the name of the author again real quick? Nora, starting with you. Okay. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan. I did Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. And I did Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. I did Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And then we will be back next time. I think Kalea and I will be back at the next one. We're going to do a deep dive into The Fault in Our Stars. And then you will hear from all of us again throughout the entirety of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Peace. Wow. Adios. Um. Anywhere you go, anywhere you look, you can find me on the low with my nose in a book. Turning through the pages, reading through the script. About to hit a million words. Yeah, it's lit, 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 lit. Said it's lit, 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 lit. Yeah, it's lit, 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 lit. lit.